Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like I do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then I'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthwave Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing or recommendation that we make. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's to reach out and help as many people as we can in the Hampton Roads listening area achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 627-7979, whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSBs, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, Social Security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. All right, tonight's going to be a continuation of last show. We're going to talk about financial planning moves to start the new year right. And I had a bunch of them uh, for the show we did two weeks ago, and I couldn't get to all of them. So this is a continuation of that show uh, from last week. So... What are some of the things that you should consider at the start of the new year to set yourself up for success? Well, last show we talked about some personal issues, things that you should uh, take stock of. Do you need to assess the progress uh, that you've made towards goals over the course of the year, Uh, identifying any new goals for this year, Uh, life events that may be coming up uh, for you, any uh, marriages, births? moves, higher education, job change, retirement, illness, uh, medical procedures? Um, Do you need to confirm whether you and your family members will reach uh, an important age milestone this year, 59 and a half, age when you can start withdrawing from IRAs and and, um, 
old 401k plans without penalty, 59 and a half. 62, first uh, age that you can start withdrawing, uh, start uh, claiming Social Security benefits for most people. There are some exceptions to that. 65, year to uh, sign up for Medicare, health insurance, so on and so forth. How about some cash flow issues? We talked about those as well last show. You expect your household income, expenses to change material this year. Need to review your cash flow plan. Have you saved as much? as you wanted to, as you intended to this year. You need to review your employee benefits to ensure that you're taking full advantage of everything that your employer offers. How about contributions to IRAs? Did you make those? Roth IRA, traditional IRA, deductible IRA, non-deductible IRA? A lot of different issues there to consider. If you want more details on some of those things that we talked about, uh, you can go back and check that show from two weeks ago. Of course, we you can get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts, and you can download us and listen at your leisure. Or for those of you Android users, uh, I'm just, which I am one, by the way, uh, I've just learned that uh, Google Podcasts, uh, the clearinghouse where uh, Android users get a lot of their podcasts, um, that's going away, and that's being migrated over to YouTube Music and uh, YouTube, I guess YouTube General, uh, YouTube General and YouTube Music. So, and I did confirm that uh, we are on both platforms. So, if you search for Dollars and Common Sense, you can go back and listen to uh, uh, the last show two weeks ago, and also uh, a library of about fifty other shows that we we keep up there as well. So, but today we're going to jump into some new material. But before we do that, as promised, when you have a caller on the line, we're going to go out and speak to that caller. We're going to go out to Chesapeake right now and speak to George. Good evening, George. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. How's it going? Doing great. How can I help you tonight? Well, not. Uh brother passed away after a short illness and um we had had our accounts kind of mixed together already and uh but then it was an ira that's worth about a hundred thousand i already have a smaller ira but um that it's i was the uh, beneficiary and so the credit union has given me options on which way to go to maybe defer taxes i'm 65 and um, kind of uh, work kind of part-time now. So then um, I had to take Social Security early during COVID. So um, just trying to figure out which way to go with that, whether just cash it out, put it in maybe a CD, or keep it in it, some type of IRA to, mm -hmm. uh, for tax purposes. And just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, okay. Well, sorry to hear about your uh, mother's passing there, George. Let's... Um you said you received some money via inheritance, and uh, let's, I guess, focus exclusively uh, on the IRA portion of it for right now. Um, so uh, I assume you were the beneficiary of the IRA? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Were you the only beneficiary? Yes, and also I was in the will as the person to get everything. So. Okay. So um, mom's... IRA would have been in her name only. So unlike, say, a joint bank account, uh, it does not pass to another person. Uh, it's owned by your mother individually and then can transfer via beneficiary 
which beneficiary transfers uh, at death supersede any instruction in a will. And they're very cheap, easy, and efficient way to pass assets to uh, loved ones at death. And so it sounds like mom did a, a good job by putting you on her IRA as beneficiary. Now, what they're probably talking to you at the bank about is how do you not, this IRA will now become yours. The money in it, the investments in it, um, if there were CDs, if there were mutual funds, if there were stocks, bonds, what have you, whatever is in the IRA will become an inherited IRA to you. As long as it stays in an inherited IRA, you still have tax protection, tax-deferred growth in the IRA. Now, there are rules on when you receive an inherited IRA, uh, when you have to take the money out. And while it used to be fairly generous, um, tax code changes with Secure Act 2.0 has uh, rendered most IRA distributions to be complete, inherited IRA distributions to be completed over a 10-year period. So, and and you could take it all out on day one that you get the in, uh, inherited IRA. You could wait till the very last day of the 10th year to take it all out. Or you could take it out, say, 10% over the next 10 years. So anywhere in between there um, is when you have to exhaust the IRA. And what happens is when the money comes out of the inherited IRA, then it's taxable income to you, George. So what they're probably telling you at the bank is there's some tax-efficient ways on how to use this money. So if you don't have an immediate, a large immediate cash need, it's usually best to keep the money in the IRA growing tax-deferred until you do have a cash need, or you develop a distribution plan that suits your budget and current lifestyle. So for example, like I, like I said, maybe take 10% roughly over each year over the next 10 years. You generally do not want to take it out all at once because then it all becomes taxable in the year that you take it out. It runs you up the tax ladder, exposes a lot more of that money to the higher tax brackets, and you end up sending a lot more money to uh, the federal and state government than you need to if you judiciously apportion it out over a period of time. So does that provide you with some context? Yes. um, There was also a CD that... um that went to my name um, upon his death as well, or, or it, it was my brother actually, but um, uh, much older brother and um, oh, brother. So sorry, that yeah. So the CD, they said you could also just take it out and buy a different one or leave it in there until it matures, like in June or something. So is um, the, but was the CD in an IRA? No, it was separate. Right. Okay. So. Whole different set of circumstances then. The CD, not subject to any of those sort of distribution rules that I just explained. That CD passed to you via beneficiary. You own it outright. 
that would not be there would be um, uh, no inheritance inheritance tax implication on the receipt of that CD. So that is so that is money that you could go ahead and like use right now or turn around and reinvest it in another CD. But essentially it's yours. It should be thought of as part of your overall financial plan and however you need to use that CD money to best benefit yourself uh, at the generous bequest of your brother, um, you can now do that. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of where things are because at, at some point I either have to try to maybe uh, I sold my house a few years ago during COVID and my business went bad. And so um, either try to get something else um, versus spending money on rent for the next my older years and then just maybe going broke, broke paying rent. So that's the yeah. next thing coming up. For me, so uh, how about uh, uh, how about your debt situation? Um, any uh, uh, high interest credit cards or personal loans? No, um, I taken out a, a small business loan during COVID, but it was only three percent. But then I I paid it off after I sold the house because I wasn't really using it to invest more in the business because the type of business my hat had kind of really slowed down during COVID and hasn't really returned. So it's, um, but, uh, the, um, all right. Well, I was just going to suggest that that'd probably be the first place you go with some of this inherited money is to go pay off any high, um, interest rate debt that you have and then build up an emergency fund, uh, generally described as three to six months of household expenses, get that socked away in a safe, secure bank account, and then look to maybe invest either in traditional forms of investments like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or into a another home or something like that. So hopefully that was uh, helpful to you, George. Thanks for the call. I got to run, take a break. Going to be right back after these messages. Get those calls in now, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Dollars in Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about issues to consider the start of the new year. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, want to jump in on the conversation, 627-7979. Okay, some of the um, uh, new items that I want to discuss about uh, what to do to get yourself set up for success at the beginning of the new year have to do with assets and debts. So let's focus on some of those 
areas. Do you need to adjust or replenish your emergency fund? I was just talking to George there and telling him that uh, that's one of the you know most fundamental things that you can do when you come into to to um, an inheritance or any sort of newfound wealth or work your way up to building that emergency fund. Make sure you have three to six months of household expenses set aside in a safe, secure bank account. It's not earning much of anything these days. That's okay. That's not the primary purpose of this money. The primary purpose is liquidity, safety, and security. All right, going to pause right here. Run out to Virginia Beach. Speak to William. Good evening, William. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Oh, thank you. I'm just glad that you're out there. I was looking to to get some of my mortgage, my of uh, my equity out of my mortgage, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know if that money is be taxable. Uh, to, no, um, as long as it uh, the money that you take out of your house in the form right. of uh, a home equity line of credit, say, or a second mortgage or refinance. No, pulling out that equity is not taxable. Okay, because I'm refined. I'm seven and three quarters down to five and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And, so, uh, that, that and, would, and I have a approximately 300000 in equity. Mm-hmm. Well, should I, I don't know, should I pull it out and put it into other, other sorts of uh, investments? Well, what, what is the purpose of pulling the, that equity out of the house? Do you have a, a good reason for it? <clears throat> No, not really in the app, but it, it, prices are up right now. And mm-hmm. so my numbers will be there. So if the, if the economy really tanked, wouldn't it, would that be a good idea to do that? If, if the economy didn't get any better. To that, do. That was really, I'm lost. Just to, just to get it out. So I wanted to refill my six month plan of, uh, you know, uh, having enough money for the mortgages, et cetera, et cetera, you know, those kind of things, like you were just talking about. Like you just want some more additional liquidity. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a little bit of a a, a sticky wicket. It's It's a more aggressive strategy, I should say, is to pull equity out of your house and then perhaps use it for investment purposes in 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 common stocks and 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 equities it's not something that we typically recommend um, because it is a more aggressive strategy but it is something that can definitely pay off if circumstances are right I would say if you if you don't have a lot of liquidity right now and you don't have an uh, if you have any high interest uh, debt if you have if you don't have your you know emergency fund built up then yes if you're going to refinance anyway to lower your mortgage rate which great job by the way uh, then taking some money out and building up the rest of your financial fortress that can be a good use of those funds. Yeah, I was thinking about that. So I'm not a spendy kind of person. I like to save money, but just it's about destroyed me. I'm running a business, and it went down to flat. And I did the PPP didn't pay nearly what it needed to. So, uh, you know, I'm still lagging behind. You might say. Yeah, trying kind of to trying to up. dig out from that, huh? Yeah, still. So that's the way that worked out, but. 
But the, the thing is, I'm only going to take 70000 out of that. Of the uh, 300, 300 equity? Yeah. So that, that's to pay just one credit card off that's high interest. I don't know. That's all I have. Yeah. Now I that get rid of that. Yeah. Now, that can be a real good use of home equity because, as you right. point out, you can borrow at about five and a half is what you're dropping down to. And if you're paying off right. a credit card at 12, 18, 22, 25%, now that's a good use of, of home equity. If you get that high interest rate debt paid off, but you got to keep it paid off as well. Don't get yeah, back in <laughs> back in the hole no, there, didn't. and then you owe more on well, your mortgage as well. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was part of the backlog I have, yeah. was paying that, trying to pay that off from from the COVID, you know, I, that's why I use, you know, I use right. credit card first to try to solve, yeah. and then everything just never, it never got any better. William, got to take a short break here for the news. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after these messages. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, Look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you have some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office one day, 456-2200. Want to remind everybody our next live show will be on Tuesday, February 13th. That's uh, three Tuesdays from now. So it's just due to the way the calendar falls. Tuesday, February 13th will be our next uh, live show. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your convenience. And like I said at the top of the show, for those of you who use Google Podcasts to get us, um, that, uh, that platform is being migrated over to YouTube and YouTube Music. So if you go to either of those apps, search for Dollars and Common Sense, you can find us there. And of course, we're also uh, on the uh, Apple iTunes platform as well. And those of you into uh, social media, we have a presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, hit that uh, like or follow button. And about once a week, we put up a financial planning oriented post to keep you engaged and motivated in the financial planning process. All right, tonight we're talking about uh, moves to start the new year right. But before we do that, we got another call on the line. Jake out in Virginia Beach, thanks for waiting so patiently. You're on dollars and common sense. 
Hi, Kevin. Appreciate you taking my call. Um, I'll explain to you my situation, and maybe you can give me some advice. 71 years old, been retired for over a decade on a defined benefit plan. Uh, I have an IRA. <clears throat> um, uh, quickly approaching the uh, required minimum distribution age. Um, and, of course, when you take those distributions, they're taxable income. Um, and uh, I'm wondering uh, how to uh, minimize at this stage, is there a way to minimize that tax impact and also um, – being on Medicare, the Medicare premiums are based upon your uh, income, mm-hmm. and once I once I start drawing the uh, uh, money from the IRA, my income will be considered as going up, um, which will drive the Medicare premiums mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there? Is there a solution to any of that? <laughs> yeah, well, there isn't a magic wand. I'll I'll tell you that, Jake. Um, so it sounds like the required minimum distributions might be sort of substantial uh, enough that they might push you up into uh, higher tax brackets. Is that true? Uh, well, uh, not initially, but uh, well, as each year goes by, you know, it's it's piling on to the year before. Right. So it's ultimately going to put put me into uh, a higher bracket for Medicare premium. Right, and you're you're pretty clued into the whole process there. Um, Yes, you're you're going to have to start taking required uh, minimum distributions out of traditional IRAs. All the money that uh, comes out of a traditional IRA is taxed as ordinary income, just like when you used to get a paycheck. Uh, all subject to federal and state taxes. And if those required minimum distributions are large enough, um, they can start pushing people up into higher tax brackets, which then you also identify can affect your uh, Medicare premiums as well. So if you've done such a good job of saving over your lifetime uh, that your required minimum distributions are substantial enough that they push you into higher tax brackets, well, one, congratulations, you did a real good job saving. But two, now comes the time to uh, pay back those tax breaks you got for the contributions you made into the plan. Now, one of the things you can do if you are charitably inclined or you are already giving to, say, a church or charities or colleges or schools or what have you, is donating your required minimum distribution directly to a charity. And those are called qualified charitable distributions that come out of an IRA. And if you do that directly from the IRA, then that money that comes out for the charitable contribution is never taxed as ordinary income. It's like it didn't happen. So that is a much more efficient way, a lower tax way of donating to those charities instead of having the money come out of the IRA, you claim it as income, and then you try to write it off on your taxes later. You do the math on all that. It's a, it's a lot more cheaper from a tax standpoint to make those 
uh, qualified charitable distributions directly to charities. So that is a potential strategy for you um, to help lower your overall tax burden. Is um, uh, Do you have to do the entire uh, RMD uh, as a donation, or can you do part of it? No. And is there a cap? Is there a cap on the amount that you uh, can donate in one year? Right. No, you do not have to donate your entire required minimum distribution. You can um, donate uh, just a, a, a portion, any portion of it. You could um, ostensibly give more than the required minimum distribution as well. And there is a uh, annual uh, contribution limit that escapes me. I want to say it's around $100,000. Um, but uh, it, it's usually fairly substantial for most people's required minimum distributions. Um, they don't approach that quite yet. Okay. I appreciate it. So you do have some flexibility there, Jake, on, on how you donate that money. So instead of, like, giving to your church, say, on a weekly basis like some people do, uh, we have some of our clients uh, just write one big check at the beginning of the year. The church is happy. Uh, the client is happy because they uh, it's easier administratively, and it uh, donates that money directly from the IRA, so it never shows up as income, and it's a lot more tax-efficient doing it that way. Okay, and that's that's pretty much the uh, the only uh, only thing available to minimize this impact. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's going to have to come out, and it's going to come out as ordinary income. So, donating it directly to a charity can prevent that from showing up as as ordinary income. But beyond that, you're, yes, you're just going to have, have to take it out and, and pay tax at your current income tax rates. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All right, Jake. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right. Why don't we pause right here, take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to that contact page, 
put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And once again, that is all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, February, I'm sorry, three weeks on Tuesday, February 13th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch this show live every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. or the rebroadcast on WNIS on the Saturday morning following the show, then get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your convenience. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you are too, hit the like or follow button. You get a financial planning-oriented post up in your feed about once every week. All right. Tonight, we're talking about uh, issues to consider at the start of the new year or, of course, taking your calls, as always, 627-7979. Right now, we're going to go back out to Virginia Beach and speak with John. Good evening, John. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Good evening, Kevin. Uh, I have a, a two-part question. My wife's mom passed over the holidays, and uh, the situation is muddied because her older sister has had power of attorney for use of the funds, which are supposed to be split in half. Uh, but we don't know to what extent sister may have dipped into the fund for things other than taking care of the medical needs and other such things for my mother-in-law. And I didn't know if it was recommended or how we went about requiring a uh, audit before the thing is split up. Mm -hmm. And then the second question is, when it is split up and that money is turned, the portion that's my wife's gets turned over to her, are there any pitfalls or gotchas or make sure you do this type things that we need to be aware of before we start doing anything? Yeah, okay. So, you know, estate planning is one of those things that it's usually the, the last thing that most people do um, because, you know, it deals with an unpleasant subject, uh, passing of assets via, via death. But uh, we often sit with the inheritors, uh, adult children, uh, and as you describe right now, John, you can see how sort of dirty, messy, and complex uh, that transfer can be and in real life. So one yep. part of uh, your question was, uh, so your wife's sister was acting as power of attorney uh, yeah, for she, she had, mom. She had the power of attorney for all things with the estate and for uh, her mom's medical care and she being, you know, rather than just making it a joint thing or keeping us advised of things, she's one of these knowledge is power type people. So she arranged that the only person that the, the nursing home or the financial people could mm -hmm. talk to is her. So we have no idea what has gone on in the couple of years that she's had that. Mm. Do you suspect improprieties? I'm not convinced that it's taken place, but I wouldn't put it past them. Well, the power of attorney is a power of attorney for a reason. And, you know, mom gave that 
to the sister. And yeah, it's a powerful position over mom's financial situation as well as her health situation. If you have, there's usually two different types of power of attorneys, one for health care and one for uh, finances, and they can be separate people who have the powers. But whoever's granted those powers by mom, you know, does have a fair amount of discretion on how to use the funds. And while the power of attorney is uh, supposed to be held to a fiduciary standard, much like we are in our world, which is a very serious legal obligation to put someone else's, to act on behalf of someone else in their best interest, whether it's in your interest or not, the fiduciary's interest or not, you're doing it for someone else. So if you feel that there were some improprieties, uh, and that's going to be an awfully gray, gray area, um, then I would recommend contacting an estate planning attorney and getting them involved. They would be the expert here, and uh, they would be best to advise you on uh, how you would approach the situation going forward. But if the sister has been using the money largely to benefit mom um that's fine then right then that's that's what she's supposed to do yeah we're not we're not worried about that we're worried about um taking it off for other family type expenses yeah and that's where uh it can get money because you know was was mom involved in those expenses where where she went to you know she went to the grocery store did she buy personal groceries or did she take some to mom you know it can be it can get kind of muddied there and i should say that in some cases you know a power of attorney uh, can be entitled to compensation for the work they do even if it's a family member uh, depending on the, how the power of attorney is worded and written. Um, so that's not unheard of. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, we're not worried about, you know, nickel and diming it, but if there was anything substantial taken, you know, like to uh, help somebody buy a car or do home repairs or things like that that are not connected to uh, my mother-in-law. Yeah, that were not... Uh, Um, for the benefit of mom. Well, my best advice is to get to an estate planning attorney uh, because they are the experts in this realm um, and they would know best uh, whether an an official accounting and auditing can be um, sort of ordered by the sister. I am not sure about that. Uh, I've got to assume that there is some sort of mechanism there, some sort of oversight, whether that's um, uh, a court or another sort of uh, legal fiduciary uh, looking over the sister's shoulder. There usually is some additional mechanism there. So I would recommend a qualified estate planning attorney uh, get involved if you feel strongly enough about it. Okay, and connected to that, um, it's a little muddier because I don't know how varying state laws come into effect. Uh, Mother-in-law was in Florida in a nursing home when this thing started. Sister-in-law then moved her about six months to a year after that to Tennessee, which is 
where she's been for a couple of years and where she died, and, and we're here in Virginia Beach. So do I get a Virginia lawyer, a Tennessee lawyer, a Florida lawyer, uh, one of each? Yeah, uh, gr- great question. Um, well, if she passed in Tennessee, so the, the, the wills and the power of attorney should conform to state law of the residence of the person who drafted them. So Florida, when mom was in Florida, if she was moved to Tennessee, then the, then those documents should at least be reviewed by somebody in Tennessee because state laws can differ. Uh, sometimes the documents can be okay, but then other times there are wrinkles. So, so yeah, this is uh, – the fact that you're in Virginia Beach, that's immaterial. Uh, what is material is where were those documents drafted? What state were they drafted in? By what attorney were they drafted? And then the fact that she passed in Tennessee, that's going to have some jurisdiction over the distribution of the estate. So uh, I think a, a state planning attorney in, in Tennessee would be a place to start. And and I would also the, – the, the area where this occurred, so if it was Nashville or Memphis or something like that, get somebody with boots on the ground. Okay. All right. Um, thank you for that. I won't tie the phone up any longer. We're almost out of time anyways. And uh, I'll give your office a call for the uh, the other part of the question. Yeah. And thanks for your help. Okay, Jake. Uh, John, sorry. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, you know, that's – this highlights uh, – this, this call from John highlights the complexity – and the messiness of estate distribution for estate plans that aren't done thoughtfully and carefully on the front end. And it is not uncommon that we have seen in our practice that um, one uh, or more family members are close to mom or dad and, and it could just be due to proximity, right? They, they are the ones, they are the caregiver, or they're the ones close by who check on mom and dad. And then they naturally become the healthcare power of attorney and the uh, financial power of attorney. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's probably a preferred arrangement. But if you have strained family relationships, then as John points out, the, um, it, the, that person, that power of attorney, is in a position of power uh, over mom and dad, mom and dad's finances. And if mom and dad have distribution wishes through the estate, they want it to go to all all three of their kids equally, say. Um, I mean, that still can be done, even if one is the power of attorney. But if one is using that power of attorney to benefit themselves a fair amount then then sometimes you have to step in and and gain some oversight over the situation um it's it's not like i said it's not uncommon it's something that we we see from time to time transparency openness honesty 
good communication by the drafters of the estate plan is paramount. That would be mom and dad. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Thanks to all our callers. We had a lot of them tonight. I appreciate that. Might have more material again, how to start the new year off of 2024. Back uh, next show in February, February 13th uh, at 6 p.m. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zipman. sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.